Hello, I'm Melanie Warner Spencer, editor of New Orleans Pride Magazine and its companion blog, Let Them Eat Cake. And I'm Kelly Massico, New Orleans Pride digital editor and writer of the Let Them Eat Cake blog. Welcome to The Wetiquette, a Let Them Eat Cake podcast. In each episode, we explore modern and traditional answers to your most pressing wedding etiquette questions. Today's episode is all about gifting, how much to spend, how many gifts to give, how to gift for elopements and longer engagements, and whether or not to register if this isn't your first wedding. A lot to unpack this episode, Melanie. So many gifts to unpack. So many gifts. And unwrap well, and unpack. We hope they're gifts. And to, to send. Gifts of knowledge. Gifts of knowledge and of, um, you know, just kindness <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> yeah we have a lot we always get asked questions about gifts and gifting and how much money and what to get and can you you know get this that or the other so this Correct. is this is definitely a popular it, category that it we ranks get a lot. high and you know obviously there's so much etiquette surrounding the planning and what the couple is supposed to do and what their families are supposed to do and what the attendants are supposed right. to do. But there also is a lot when it comes to what the guests are supposed to do. And a lot of times that gets pretty specific. So sometimes it's more general and you often however just don't know about the question until you're faced with it exactly so I feel like these are pretty universal for the most part in terms of people encountering these questions and some of the more um, specific things even definitely well let's get into one of those questions so question one says I'm attending my friend's sister's wedding in a few weeks it's my first time as an adult attending a wedding without my parents my mom says I'm supposed to spend the same amount on the gift as the couple spends on my plate and drinks at the reception. This is a really elegant wedding, and while I don't know the cost, my guess based on the venue is that the per-person cost for the couple is probably over $100. I'm a college student and on a really tight budget, and I probably can't spend over 40 Is that rule true? And if not, how much should I spend on a wedding gift? That we've all been here. <laughs> we have. And it's very relatable. And even not a college student, if you are in a career transition or having life things that are happening during the moment you're faced with buying a gift for a wedding, literally anything can affect your budget. There's so many scenarios. So this is for truly anyone who is dealing with a tight budget right now for whatever reason this is an old rule what she's talking about the the listener that sent us this question that is steeped in good intentions and the thinking that weddings are expensive which they are so it's helpful for guests to even things out by spending what the couple paid or the estimate of it since guests really shouldn't or wouldn't know what they paid per person so the intention is really great I love that people are wondering and concerned about right. what the couple spent and wanting to kind of make up for that in some way but conventional wisdom is to spend within your budget so generally a person in their 20s would spend much less than a more established professional professional in their 30s 40s and up but 
no matter what, it's fine to stick with your budget because age does not always translate to a higher income. Right. So we really need to think about what makes sense for us with our budget. And I'm certain that anybody's friends or loved ones will appreciate the gift that is given and most especially that that person was there to celebrate on a special day. That's what that's all about. They invited you because they wanted you there to celebrate with them and to support them in their marriage. They right. find you an integral part of their life together or they want you to be. And so just spend what you can and don't worry about it. Most people that are close to you generally have a sense of mm -hmm. whether or not you have a big budget and even then sometimes they don't sometimes it looks like we're doing great and we're not so just spend what you can and the rule of thumb for people receiving gifts is to accept them with grace and gratitude yes no matter what yeah and I think I think that's it, it's more about the thought that goes into it and you spending the time with them than the couple is going to care or should care about Absolutely. what monetary value yeah. their gift is. I mean, I I honestly have never encountered anyone in my personal life who has griped about an inexpensive gift that they got after right. they spent a hundred or so dollars per plate or more on somebody at a wedding. It it would be such bad form. <laughs> well it's also too, I mean, most I'm going to say most couples because, you know, not everyone has the best heart, but True. most couples go into it thinking they want to just throw an epic party right. for the people they love. They don't go into a wedding thinking, I'm going to get everything I can out of this and you better right. give me, you know, X amount of dollars or X amount of whatever. To my gift, knowledge, so. there's no tally sheet. I, yeah, and I don't hang out with people like that. So luckily I've never, I've been in this situation before. They know that if I give something, it's coming from the heart, and right. that's all that matters. Exactly. Okay. Question number two. My cousin just announced that she and her longtime girlfriend eloped. I adore them, and I'm so happy they tied the knot. Also, no one is surprised that they ran off. <laughs> it's a funny <laughs> way of putting it. They are a fun and spontaneous couple and don't love attention or a lot of hoopla. There won't be a party and they aren't registered, but I'd love to share my love and support by sending a little something. Do you send a gift if a couple eloped? First, I love this person's attitude and also the right. couple's joie de vivre. They're doing what's right for them and that's what weddings are all about. The short answer here is that gifts typically aren't given in the event of an elopement. However, if a loved one or friend wants to give a gift, go for it. The couple will probably be pretty touched by the sentiment, especially if the person sends a card expressing their love and support of them in this new chapter that they've created. It's, you know, no one's going to say, no, don't send a gift. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless they have made it very clear. Now, this is sort of a, I guess, a PS or a caveat. If they've made it very clear, no, we don't want gifts, maybe send something to this charity that we love. Right. Then respect their wishes and do that instead because a lot of times we have couples who they're doing really well they've already set up housekeeping they don't need or want anything and they would rather have gifts go to their favorite charity yeah. or even a honeymoon fund you know or whatever so it 
could be a good idea to ask their wishes before getting the gift. But if they've not said anything, go ahead and get the gift. Yeah. 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 I like that. And I think, too, you know, you can always donate if they ask to donate and then give them a bottle of wine or something or bubbles or do or something like that where you can still give them something physical Mm -hmm. that shows you're thinking of them but isn't an actual gift and a card a simple card or a card expressing your well wishes for them is always appropriate as well all right question number three my longtime high school friend is getting married and I just pulled up her registry. There's a super chic wine chiller for $86. I can get the same one on another site for $43. Is it wrong, rude, or cheap to get a registry gift from a place other than where the couple is registered? Okay. I have a feeling not everyone will agree with me on this. However, I'm going to go ahead and just be honest here. If the more expensive one is in budget for you and doesn't offend your sensibilities it's good to purchase from the registry so that the item is removed and the couple doesn't get duplicates but if it's not in the buyer's budget and they really want to gift this particular item get it at the less expensive store yeah the couple can always return the one that is extra if they get multiples just be sure to include a gift receipt whether you're sending it along or bringing that it to them at some other time and that way they don't have any issues with the return if they decide to take it back so I think some people might think that that's a not great thing to do but I firmly believe like we were saying earlier that people should stay within their budget Mm -hmm. and if they have found the same exact item for a better price go for it could you even maybe if you did find that or you really liked this wine chiller could you maybe but it's not in your budget could you maybe get accessories for it something that goes along with it and say in the card like I saw that you had this on your registry and I think this would pair well with it you don't have to mention budget or anything like that I think you could I try to encourage people to stick with registries simply because you know exactly Mm -hmm. what the couple wants if you get it off of the registry whereas when you go off registry you might be grabbing things that aren't their style you know maybe they wanted or maybe they already had the coasters or whatever that went with that wine chiller if that's a thing do coasters go with wine chillers I think they do (laughs) they're out there and so if that's the case then once again we're in duplicate territory I think my bigger concern is whether or not there's a gift receipt for sure because that which there should always be always that's what I'm saying there always should should be a gift receipt that way the couple can do whatever they want exactly without offending anyone also or hurting feelings but I think too as a gifter you have to know your item might be returned like it's not you know and we maybe should have said that at the top of this episode that (laughs) (laughs) all gifts are potentially returnable don't take it personally if you're going to put a blanket rule out there there you go yeah (laughs) okay our fourth question is A short one, short and simple, sweet and to the point. Um, A reader asked us, how many gifts are required for a long engagement with many wedding-related parties? A long engagement can sometimes mean a greater 
than usual number of showers and other festivities. That is true. The same rules, however, apply for shorter engagement, shorter engagements. So either way, if it's a long engagement or a short engagement, no matter how many parties there are, it's not mandatory to attend every gathering, for one, and people should just attend when they can. Prioritize the larger and more important parties. So if there's a primary wedding shower or, you know, thrown by, say, somebody in the couple's family that's Mm -hmm. supposed to be kind of the biggest shower, if it's, um, you know, this big couple shower, pick and choose and Mm -hmm. try to attend the larger ones. And then with the other smaller ones, try to go if you can. But in terms of gifting, when you go to the larger parties, reserve your larger gift for that. And then you don't have to give gifts at the other ones, but you may want to budget for an array of smaller token gifts at the other events. And this way, you're saving face in terms of having a little something to to give them. If that's something that you want to do, you don't have to do that. Because if you've given a gift at a shower, you're covered. Mm -hmm. So don't think that it's mandatory for you to bring a gift to every single shower. Since you don't know how many showers or parties will occur typically, you know, at the beginning of (laughs) the long year of the engagement, budget the best that you can with the information that you have. The wedding gift is independent of shower gifts. So remember that when you're making your budget so that you can budget for that too. And we've talked about this before, not on the podcast, but definitely on the on the blog, that if you are maybe the person throwing different parties for a couple um, to be mindful of that kind of stuff. And then there's also other parties that you can have, like um, stock the bar parties mm-hmm. or a honeydew shower or something that's other than the regular bridal shower or an engagement party if Correct. you want to throw other parties. This gives people... Um, it can, it could be a little bit of a headache for the couple because if you're going to get random gifts, like, you know, you're going to have to over-prepare on your registry or, you know, in general for mm-hmm. that. But it allows the people going to at least still gift you something smaller, but right. not having everyone pay like $200 or plus mm-hmm. for eight different gifts because you're loved and eight different people want right. <laughs> to throw you an event, which is amazing, but... It can get expensive it can get for your guests. Real fast. It can get expensive real fast. Right. And it can start to feel like a gift grab, which yes. of yeah. course we always want to try to curb that at least the perception of that. And obviously other people are typically the ones that are throwing the, the showers for us. Mm-hmm. So if that's not the case, if you are really involved in generating a lot of your own showers that again that starts to look a little gift grabby yeah so yeah it's best to allow our friends and family to fet us and I do love a themed shower we love a themed shower here I mean if you you could practically split into any kind of theme from like you were saying stock the bar to stock the kitchen Mm -hmm. to I went to one once that was um, for all things barbecue and outdoor grilling yeah. related, and it just makes it a lot of fun for people to buy those gifts. I did not go personally, but a friend of mine went to, um, I think they labeled it an around the clock party, and so everyone got, it was a, I think it was a smaller friend like engagement 
party kind of thing. And everyone got an hour of the day. And you had to buy something that related to that hour of the day. So, like, all the morning hours you could get, like, breakfast stuff or, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like a Bloody Mary kit or something. You know, like that kind of thing. That is such a fun fun. idea. Yeah, it makes it fun. But it's not your typical bridal shower gift or whatever. It's like it, it... it adds something fun to the people. And like, I, I wonder how many sheet sets they got for the sleep, oh eight hours of sleep. No, but then you could get them like slippers <laughs> or, and if, if it is a smaller, His and hers eye mask. exactly. If it is a smaller event like that with smaller people, maybe you can reach out to people that get around the same time as you go in for a larger mm-hmm. gift or do something like that. There's a lot more creativity and fun to be Correct. had instead of like ugh, the dreaded, I have to go get a gift. Let me go look at their, you know, like the process of it can be kind of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, stifling in your creativity sure. a little bit, especially for me. I know I like to. You're such a good gift I, giver. That is. I, I, will flex, say, I will flex on that one. Shout out to Kelly because she thinks ahead. <laughs> she gets things that are just perfect for whomever it is she's gifting for. And I, I am the same like the la- uh, the other question we had, you know, budget is not always great for that but let me tell you I will find a curated item on Amazon that cost me five dollars and gets in and you will love you'll, it yeah you'll absolutely love I've it. been I've been blessed you have been on the receiving hashtag end of that. so yeah. blessed to be on the receiving end of gifts from <laughs> Kelly and I can tell you it's always good typically yeah and that that's you know I I going off registry is not the the best idea but it is something that I do sometimes if I know the couple really really well mm-hmm. and I know that what I'm going to give them is not just going to be something that's going to be tossed aside well, or another towel set and or I know you make it a practice and we may have talked about this in another pod if so I apologize but um, you make it a practice too of getting something off the registry, but then having a few little cute local items or just relevant to the gift or the couple. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for a themed party and a themed gift mm-hmm. as well. And I, I do sometimes I have a it involves couple date night. I'm not going to give my gift away because I like to give this to everyone I meet but I have you know a little side thing so I get something off of the registry and then there's a side item Mm -hmm. that goes along with it that's a little bit more um tailored to them as a couple specifically instead of a little bit more generic you know which Mm -hmm. is generic's not bad but I like to be a little bit more well generic gifts can be a great go-to for example I had a, a colleague that I used to work with who would always buy couples white monogrammed linens yes or things that staple pieces they would just use Mm -hmm. over and over that were neutral yes would go with anything well those are things like you never know you know if you're hosting people or you Mm -hmm. are having a themed party or something like that and you happen to need white linens or that's what's going to add you know you never know when you're going to need something like that so all right our last and final question Our reader says, my fiance and I have both been married before, so we weren't planning on registering for gifts for our upcoming wedding. Several loved ones have inquired about a registry, however, which has us reconsidering our decisions. Is it okay to register for gifts if this isn't your first wedding? Of course it's okay. (laughs) Even if this is not your first time being married, your friends and your loved ones presumably will want to not only celebrate your union, during the wedding, but also via showering you with gifts. If a couple has already set up house or they're bringing 
everything they need into their new union. As we were talking about before, they can consider a charity registry or one of the other many types of registries that people can do now. And that could be anything from a honeymoon registry, the aforementioned charity registry. It could be any kind of um, house repair registry or maintenance or what have you. I and mean, there's so many different types of registries that people can do now. So if you have what you need and you don't want more stuff, then that's a great way to handle enabling your guests to celebrate you with presents without getting physical presents. But physical presents are fine too. We love physical presents. People love to give physical presents. Yeah. So go for it. Yeah. And, you know, you might want to start over with this new relationship. I mean, here's the thing. If you have a set of wedding china from your first marriage – it is quite possible and justifiable that you may not want to bring that set of wedding china into your new union, and no one can fault that. So if that's the case, register for new china. I know actually a lot of people aren't doing china these days. They're doing more casual tableware, so that could fit with that as well, whatever the case. If there's something or a lot of things that you're ready to let go of, then register for the new stuff. This is this is a new union. You don't have to. We want to start fresh, right? Yeah. And you know, I think there's some maybe some maybe residual taboo from mm, the past when perhaps <laughs> second, third, however many weddings. Um, you know, looking at you, Liz Taylor. Uh, <laughs> perhaps we're frowned upon, or something yeah. only celebrities did. But you know, we all have lives that happened before our current person that we're with so exactly you know it's all good that sound means it's time for this episode's wedding history fun fact today we are talking about one that I really, really enjoy, Um, and there's very few people, I think, that haven't heard the saying, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. It's a wedding tradition, superstitious practice, whatever, you know, you follow and believe, but it's something I think that no matter what you believe or think or anything, you have a little bit of something sprinkled into, into your wedding. This, like... We have had many, many a time before, (laughs) seems to have gotten its legs in the Victorian era. Uh Here we are. As we know, back again. I swear, listeners, every single one of these is not going to be traced back to Queen Victoria, but so many of them are. It's comical. She was just a, I mean, she was on the throne for as long as she was. She was a trendsetter. There was no way, there was no way that that it was not going to happen. So the entire saying actually has an extra part that we've, in America, we haven't really adopted this. But the entire saying is something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, a sixpence in your shoe. So as we said, it came out during the Victorian era. We're not sure that it started in that time, it might have been something that came before that, but the first known written record of this 
wedding tradition or practice was in an 1871 issue of St. James Magazine. And actually, the author is complaining about the tradition. So (laughs) where things get a little bit tricky and people have different ideas about the rhyme um, comes to each part of of them. So a breakdown of it, something blue was typically a garter. The color was said to fend off the evil eye. Reader's Digest said, quote, a curse passed through a malicious glare that could make the bride infertile. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So the blue was to help ward off that evil. Something borrowed according to Reader's Digest also had something to do with infertility. Apparently, we were very worried about, very, very concerned about this. Something borrowed was a form of, and stay with us here, listeners and Melanie, a form (laughs) of a borrowed undergarment from a woman who already had children. I'm not staying with you. This was meant to confuse said evil spirit from before, into thinking the bride was already fertile and thus the evil curse would be avoided. This is shenanigans. Avoided. So Reader's Digest also agreed with a breakdown from the knot on what the other steps of the tradition symbolize, but this is where they they clashed a little bit. The knot counts it as a token to bring to the couple of good luck from a happily married friend or relative. I personally like this better. I do not want to be wearing yeah, anyone well, else's I'm go with that. undergarments. Um, that's just something I'm going to pass on. Probably not just you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure it's not. It's not just my own opinion. Mm-hmm. For something old, it was also a way to ward off evil in the past, but more recently something old has been used to represent continuity. The part of this saying, in our opinion, um, can make for a more sentimental token. So many brides opt for something that belonged to an older relative or grandparent, often that wasn't able to physically attend the wedding festivities. Some parents of the couple use this tradition as an opportunity to gift the bride an heirloom before the start of the ceremony. So it could be something that maybe from a person the bride or groom didn't even know. But that's one of our favorites just because we're we're sentimental like like that. that. Something new is supposed to represent hope for the future. The knot says, quote, the couple is about to enter into a new chapter in life. So walking into marriage with, quote, something new makes total sense, which we agree. It's a new, new life, new life together. Mm-hmm. You want something new. Luckily for any brides or grooms, if they choose to also follow this, something new can be literally anything new. So the bride wears something new on the wedding day, jewelry, shoes, or even the dress itself can count as your something right. new. Garments, jewelry. Whatever you add to yourself, yeah. I wonder if um, any of the men out there are going to start adopting this. I, I would love that. It I has, think it's, it's been relegated to brides for so long. I think guys should do it, too. I think guys should do it, too. I mean, I feel like parts of these... I mean, anyone. We're being very... Yes, anyone. Sort of gender... We are. ...specific. But, but any, I, I think anyone could do this because, I mean, we all have... I also think that a lot of people do this without knowing that they do it. They Maybe without do. the blue part, but or specifically the blue part, but a lot of people add something. Well, I don't know. In the 70s and 80s, there are a lot of blue suits out there. I mean, for oh, better or worse. Thank God. We're past that. <laughs> so the final part of this saying that some might not even realize 
as we said before, existed is a sixpence in your shoe. The sixpence is a British coin that was first minted in 1551 and circulated until about 1980. It is equal to one fortieth of a pound or half of a shilling. Um, and we have Googled it for all of our non-British folks. It's equal to six pennies. Um, but since it's no longer in circulation, keep that knowledge for your Jeopardy, you know, your off chance you're on Jeopardy. Trivia. Right. Right. So for the purpose of this, though, the sixpence was to represent prosperity as a couple started their new journey together. Many American brides will stick a penny in their shoe um, and a penny as a lot of us know is considered lucky. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea and thought. And I have it. actually seen a lot of my friends do that right and we even have a note too that many brides get the penny that was minted in the year that they were born and or the year they met their future spouse just as a touch of sentimental value that's cute but I love this tradition I love that it has to do with Queen Victoria because if you know us at all you know we love Queen Vicky Mm -hmm. so it's just one more thing that we can thank her for and I think it's just a nice way to add a little touch of you know, sentimentality into your day. True. And now for some gently breaking news. Is bringing gifts to the wedding or reception fun or done? It's done. (laughs) Look how quick (laughs) Kelly's just done. It's done. done. Well, interestingly enough, and this might come as a surprise to some folks, it has always been done (laughs) as in not fun as in something for you to not do so I personally I will confess when I was a young lady very early in my life of going to weddings I did not know this people no one told me (laughs) people did not tell me that I wasn't supposed to bring one so I personally have committed this faux pas as I know a lot of people have and the reason I know this is because of gift tables at receptions (laughs) And the reason we are calling it done and the reason it is actually supposed to not be done is that it creates a situation in which the couple or some well-meaning person that has been appointed or other people in their family are now forced to figure out how to haul all of this stuff to their house or back on a plane or on and on the you know various scenarios of where it is they're supposed to get these gifts you know in terms of the destination and how they're supposed to do it um yeah I again I point to my own wedding a lot so forgive me if it gets old but we had a gift table because inevitably you're gonna have people that bring gifts to the the reception I think probably too if you're only going to the wedding and you can't make the reception you might bring a gift to the wedding again that's no no the best possible thing you could do is to send your gift ahead either to the home of someone in the couple if they're not cohabitating to their home if they are cohabitating to their parents home if you don't have their address information or for some reason can't send it to them but just don't take it to the reception or the wedding and if you don't have a choice if for some reason something has prevented you from being able to do this, your last resort is bringing it. And I have an even better solution for that, mm-hmm. which is send it after. 
<laughs> which is still don't bring it <laughs> do not bring it and you know the other thing is if this is a destination wedding for example you're not gonna haul this thing on no. a plane and and drag it to this you're gonna destination. go through customs with some towels like why right. why are we doing that send it ahead and again it's fine to send a couple a gift after the wedding has already occurred. Now, there are some rules and some misnomers about how long after. People think that it's a year, and it's really not. It's you not. should send it immediately or at the very least within two or three months. I wouldn't wait much longer than that. Again, though, as with everything, there are exceptions. It's better to send it eight months later than not at all. Yes. But try your best to send it earlier. And do not bring and it. Just don't bring it to the wedding or the reception. No, I before I even got into, you know, working at a wedding magazine or, or anything like that, I've, I've loved weddings for the longest time. And one of my earliest memories of a wedding was my brother and my sister-in-law's wedding. And I just remember, and I, I talked about this with my mom the other day, and she did not remember this at all. But I remember standing outside, probably because I was 10 and wanted to go home. But <laughs> I remember standing outside, and we had to wait because three cars needed to be filled to the brim wow. with gifts. And my thought even For, then. First, I mean, that is pretty it incredible. Wedding. It was a huge wedding. Right. I mean, that's a, an incredible amount of gifts. It was a great wedding. Yeah. And, and which is lovely and so thankful, but... To me, it was just, and though this was early, you know, before Amazon and all of those kind of things, so it was a lot less easy to send something Mm -hmm. to the couple. Now you really have no excuse because typically you're buying something online and there is eight different ways to send it to them without you even having to touch it. And that is something that we're seeing less and less. I can say without a doubt that weddings over the past Five years especially, maybe even 10, have not had gift tables that are as big as they used to be. Right. And I think that's definitely I have seen recently card people boxes. People shopping online. Like if people bring a box. Right. I mean, a, people bring a card. Like a, a cute little decorative cute, yeah. box. Like on the sign-in table can, or a welcome put table. money or, cards. Exactly. Or gift card, um, you know, cards with gift cards in them. But... As a rule, just don't. But nobody wants to haul it. You no. don't want to haul it there. It's easy and to they take a little box. Away. It's easy to take a little box or yeah. to appoint or a, a friend to grab it. Exactly. Um, but, you know, please just think of the couple and their friends having to haul all this stuff home. It's terrible, terrible. So we're saying done. Done. Not fun. Not at all. Done. And on that positive note, <laughs> we'll see y'all next week.